I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> You know, it's a uh, it's short king spring. What is short king spring? Well, um, you know, like last last year, year or two ago, was a hot girl summer. Oh yeah, yeah. It's short king spring. Well, I guess it's not. It's like we're in the summer. But I was pretty excited because I'm, I'm I'm kind of a short king. You're also kind of a short king. I am not tall by any stretch of the imagination. So I'll be a king. Yeah. I'll be a short king all day long. Short king spring. Because I here. wish I was a little bit taller. Well, we're pretty baller here on the Colt to Colt podcast. <laughs> ah, yikes. We're really ham-fisting our way in on this one. Oh, my God. Just full throttle right yeah. through. I yeah. love it. Yeah. They should take this podcast away from us. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. We're, we're, we're having too much fun. Mm. Too much fun. We are. We always have fun here on the Colt to Colt when we're able to get together. Gumby, um, we are – It's it, we've made no secret of the fact that um, we're not really – off-season guys so much i mean every everyone everyone involved in the washington commanders franchise like the off-season is off-season is the super bowl that's like kind of been the way that it's been for a really long time because you're not losing football games uh i mean this has been an off-season i think we're ready i can't i won't speak for you i'm ready to put behind us because it has been less than pleasant um and we're we're basically there. We're we're on the the eve of training camp, and we we did it. We did it, folks. Mission accomplished. And, and the commanders can't dash hopes, no, unless they build them up in the off season. That's right. And every off season, they love to build our hopes just before they dash them. Yes. So we go in with all this positivity and all this happiness, like you know what we're happening right now. Tomorrow is training camp. We get to see the guys. Ready to go, full throttle. You know, a little bit of hitting, a little bit of fun, a little bit of jocularity. Unfortunately, again, said Ashburn. I'm not happy about that. You got to had you had to win a lottery to get a, be a part of it, which before you didn't. Super not cool with that. But it's where we are, and there's football tomorrow. Yes, let's go, let's go. We got training camp on the horizon. So other than being done with what has been a very uh, cursed off season to, to use a turn of phrase there uh what what are you most looking forward to as training camp gets started right like there is there is mo- training camp is a content mill and i i mean back in the day training camp was kind of a thing where like the guys went off and you didn't really see or hear very much and then they came back and like it's like hey well how did it go like well, I guess we'll find out in the season, but now it sort of is like every single day there's something coming out and uh, whereas we have very much put ourselves on the record as being like anti OTA content guys it's like I do not care how many times Carson Wentz got picked <laughs> off when they're not even wearing full pads like. I no, I, I no. do personally I start to pay a little bit more attention during camp because it feels to me like a little bit more official or legit. I what are you looking forward to? What are your general feelings as we go into training camp here? <clears throat> Loving the fact that uh 
we're looking at Terry McLaurin back in the system. Yes. We have a full array of wide receivers. Our offense is actually looking like an offense again. We, we have these players. We have these opportunities. And Carson Wentz, whether you like him or hate him, he can put up some numbers. His biggest issues have always been the when when there's too much pressure on him. But normally, he can throw and go and go and go. He has a lower percentage of, inch, of inch, uh, INTs. He's a good guy. I'm excited about this and, and, and what they put around him. Then you add in the chances of this defense living up to their billing. Mm. And watching the, the these OTAs, they, people kept talking about it. But they're like, well, they'll get there. Training camp is it. Training camp is when everything starts to build up. And then when they start playing against a couple of different teams, specifically I think they play the Ravens every time in a, in a, in a head-up match, that's when you really truly see – not not the preseason game, the the actual like training camp games when you see these guys go head to head and it's phenomenal and I love to see that because being an old football player, I love those moments when you actually got to see a new team pop up. Yeah, you laid some good groundwork there. Let's go through them. So starting off with the wide receiver thing, I think the the best singularly best thing that happened this off season was getting Terry McLaurin signed. People would be if if it had gone into camp. Can you imagine? the collective fervor, just like people were already losing their minds and like we were really far from camp. And I am so happy to see that they like did the right thing. And, you know, it's it's a real, the bar is pretty low for doing the right thing, especially around Ashburn. And I suppose we can give credit where it's due when it's due Getting Terry McLaurin back is so big, and like to have it not be something hanging over this team and the the whole thing going into camp really, I think, gives you a little bit of a pep in your step. And that's not even to speak of the rest of the receiving core situation, which you you mentioned there. I mean, there are still some question marks, right? Like, can Curtis Samuel be healthy? Like, can he do it? Yep. Unclear, right? They, I think they needed him. They've really needed him to, like, be give him more than he's given, which is functionally nothing because of injury. This, this to me, feels like a really big opportunity to, like, round out a good receiving court to complement Terry McLaurin. Obviously, you know, they, they have Curtis Samuel sort of lining up on the other side. Like, I think there are a lot of questions still about, like, can Cam Sims, like, can he be an NFL receiver? You know, like there's just a lot there, but I am generally feeling pretty optimistic about the receivers. I mean, with Cam Sims himself, he has shown these instances of just pure talent, and then he disappears. Right. Yeah. And and you got the same with with Don, Donnie Brown, yeah. where he had these instances of just this amazingness. Now, the the good thing is, is with having Samuels and having McLaurin, they won't have to be the playmakers. Hopefully that gives that that pressure off their shoulders and allows them just to ball out sure. and have a great time. So especially during this this training camp where they get to really they know they have an opportunity, and, and for them this is their best opportunity in front of them. Grab it, grab a hold of it, and just go crazy. And, and that would make me so so happy. And this is going to be probably the one of the best wide receivers they're going. I mean, best quarterbacks they're going to have throw to them. For a while, yeah, and all of that is we haven't even mentioned Jahan, Do- Jahan Dotson, who like, yeah, again, I think when he was the pick after trading down, there was some sort of like, well, did they botch this? 
and you know that all remains to be seen, right? Like everything is kind of like, well, they overshot on him. It's like, well, he was going to be a first rounder. So was he going to be a first rounder at sixteen, or was he going to be a first rounder at twenty? Like, what does that even really mean? Is he a first round talent? Yes or no? And I think having a complimentary piece like him will make it so that Terry McLaurin is going to get some additional space nominally. I think it's going to create some additional pressure on like the guys who would otherwise be more comfortable in their position of making this team. Cause you know, Cam Sims probably makes it De'Ami Brown probably makes it. And then it like real, like they're, he really starts to get a little bit trickier after that. Um, oh yeah. It gets real dicey for a player after that. I mean, Antonio Gandy golden, is moving to tight end. He apparently yeah. has put on 20 pounds. That was clearly the writing was on the wall, right? Like either you have to do something significantly different than what you're doing right now, or else you don't have a spot on this team. You're not going to be here. Anymore. And if you don't you're have done. a spot on this yeah. team, like I suppose, you know, there are other opportunities around the league, but like he has always kind of felt like a fringe NFL or, so you got to make the most out of that situation. I mean, it's not unprecedented. Logan Thomas moved positions and ended up being a fairly, you know, successful tight end. So, like, we'll see if, if this sticks for Gandy Golden. I've always been kind of intrigued by him because, like, he's the guy who can juggle and do Rubik's Cubes. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, not has not shown very much. He, to me, feels very much like a... um like a Marco Mitchell type, if we're going to go oh, yeah. right into real, right into remembering guys, uh, <laughs> man, there was another receiver right around then that it's going to kill me that I can't remember what his name was. But, but like, well, while you're thinking about that, the yeah. cool thing about training camp and what I love about training camp is, you know, you actually get to know some of these guys. This is where you actually become a fan of some of these guys where, sure. where you get to hear who they are, talk about the most ridiculous things like the Rubik's cube and you, the training camps when you find out those items and the, the stories start coming out and you get the, the puff pieces about who they are, where they came from. And you want that. I want to ingest that. I want to learn who these human beings are. And you, I love training camp for that. Sure. I love training camp to get behind the scenes. Um, I really wish we would do, you know, the, the the NFL training camp here, but we're, it's never going to happen. Obviously, Dan Snyder doesn't want anyone looking into his world yet. But I love it. I love these puff pieces. I love getting to know those guys, and I love watching you know, reading the Hogs Haven every day, learning about what, new things about each person. Yeah, I mean, we are obviously like uh, you know, like the the whole Mason Brennan thing, and we can we can start uh, <laughs> talking about that in a second here. But um, I also am excited to see what else is out there um you know like i think man it it pains me to say it because it feels cursed but i think this team is better than they were a year ago like i think they show improve, improvement just like on paper and you can you can win a lot of awards on paper but i i am feeling better sort of about where they are some of that a function of another thing that you brought up is the quarterback situation um it's settled Right. Like, yeah. There isn't a question about it going into the year. I, I guess, you know, we have done several check ins since they brought in Carson Wentz. Um, early on, the reaction was overwhelmingly negative. 
most I would say we were not so overwhelmingly negative, but like the broad general consensus was overwhelmingly negative. It seems like and I'm I mean, both in terms of like what I, the question being, how are you feeling and what is your sense of how other people are feeling about about have you been Wentz pilled? Have you been Carson pilled? I've not been pilled yet. I'm hoping he puts a little something in my drink. Yeah. Um, but the, again, the problem with Carson Wentz has always been moments. Yes. It has been he he's he's falter at moments. But as a you look at 18 games plus training camp, he's always shown talent. He's always shown some consistency. It's just these high pressure moments that he's had that he's had falter. So if you look at that and you go, well, for a training camp, there's no pressure. No. He's walking in. He's the guy. And he knows he's the guy. And that also takes pressure off Heineke. So if he ever has to get back in the game, he, he's already played before. But he doesn't have to have all this extra pressure on him every single week. And he can go out and ball himself. But Wentz is an upgrade. You're right. Wentz doesn't have these pressures. So each player on that field, as you just said, is better because Wentz is there. Yeah. Definitely. He won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. I mean, enough said, right? Like a guy, a guy who has, who, I mean, he would have been the, he would have literally been the MVP of the league the, that year if he hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah. Right. Like, absolutely. And, you know, Nick Foles sort of like took the baton and ended up becoming a folk hero there and like was the guy who took snaps to win the Super Bowl, but they would not have gotten there if it weren't for Carson Wentz. A hundred percent. Now, look, no one is denying that he has not played as well since he did that first half of that season when when he got hurt. But I think, like, what I have intuited and sort of read and, and come to understand is there have been a lot of extenuating factors that you can you can point to to show why Carson Wentz didn't succeed following that injury. Some yeah. of it being... You know, like he was still lingering hurt when you think back to his time in Indy. And I think, you know, that's the most most recent example. His offensive line was atrocious. Oh, it was. I mean, it, got, it was injured. And the, you could not you couldn't name it half the people that were there. And again, unlike our line last year, which we had the same problem, just random guys stepped up. You're right. There, he had a target on his back and people just kept teeing off right. on him. So the the hope is that sort of with some more potent this feels very impersonal but like pieces around him he could could really I don't think there's any expectation that he's going to go back to MVP form. No one no one is no. no one is expecting this. But I think there is some expectation that he will show improvement over over where he was over the last 2 years and mind you last year he was one game away from from being a, in the playoffs, obviously they like laid an egg in the last week of the season against the worst team in the league. And, you know, like we don't need to apologize on his behalf for the fact that they didn't get there. I would argue in, in sort of both having watched that game and having a general understanding of how things work, it was not entirely his fault that they lost that game. But yeah, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit, more optimistic about that piece of it as well. No, absolutely. And, and, and talking about that and, and pointing for the future, it makes you very happy to have a better person there. Yeah. Makes us a better team. And again, it gives us that one thing that scares the living shit out of us. Hope. Right. Yeah. That's suboptimal. 
<laughs> the other thing that you brought up that I think is a really interesting interesting in the sense that it's like you hope it's not interesting is the defense where the last you know two years you say on paper these these guys as again the kids say they got them that dog in them right like that d-line should be the best d-line in the league like top or minimum top five oh they you know they were able to to really supplement their back end and like they'll figure out a way to compensate for the linebackers that that did not play out didn't play out i think in 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 no uncertain terms the defense has been a disappointment a tremendous disappointment perhaps the biggest disappointment all up on this team some of that a function of expectations but some of it also just like it's reasonable to think that when you have a D-line with those guys on there, with all the first-round talent, with all of the Alabama, you know, like, pedigree there, you expect that they're going to be worth a damn. And it truly has not panned out that way. So no. for, for where, where I sit, this is kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for, for that defense, sort of as a unit, as a whole. And... I don't know. I I guess I'm curious, like where you're at in terms of like, do they get to where people think they ought to be? Are they okay? Is this defense a top fifteen defense in the league? It should be. Right. Let's let's just go along the front line again, just like last year. And this, you know, I'm going to have a heart heart attack from this. So Chase Young, he's not going to be ready for training camp. No, we know that he's going to be out for a while. He's going to be out for a while. He'll probably make it start, you know, probably four or five games in is when he'll come back. Well, they're putting him on, start... putting him on the pup list to start the season. So, like, it's okay. going to take him. And, you know, I like, they've changed the rules on injury reserve on the pup list. Like, a guy can come back from that, whereas it used to be, like, if you were put in an injury reserve designation, like, that's it. Your season is over. Yeah. So, we, so... we could see him, but it sounds like it's going to take a while, which... Sucks. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like Sucks. four or five games before he even starts to practice. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that I'm looking at. So we have Chase Young out. Deron Payne is playing for money this year. Yes, yeah. and he knows that. He whether the money's going to be here or the money's elsewhere, he's playing for money. Right. He's the biggest trade pawn that we have. So he's playing for money. Prepare for him to ball out this year. Jonathan Allen. The guy is as a professional. He was great last year. He was he was the rock. He's still going to stay that rock. And I think with Sweat, this is the year that Sweat gets the due that he has deserved. He has been that Jonathan Allen, that Sweat side has been really pretty damn good the last couple of years. And he himself has shown that he can be a baller. I think we're going to see Sweat go, start off from the very beginning and go crazy. But that the problem is you still have that that left side kind of open and I'm hoping that that doesn't become the falter of our defense is people just beating up that left side yeah and they'll have to sort of like do some stuff to get creative um candidly I have some skepticism around the coaching in terms of their ability to do just that it's like for the last two years, Jack Del Rio has kind of like been handed the keys to the Corvette and he just like doesn't know how to drive a stick shift. It's like, 
it, it's been in first gear going up a hill just making a bunch of sounds absolutely infuriating and yeah like look we we don't have to talk about like all the nonsense that he caused this off season and like all the you know like distractions i'm doing the very big air quotes i know that po- podcasting <laughs> notably a very visible medium but like uh, you know it is it is um to me man if if they lay an egg again this year i'm this will have truly been one of the biggest what could have been in the history of the franchise when you think about like the 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 weapons again air quotes that they have on this team that they just like haven't been able to figure out a way to make it like work well and look it's not to say that this defense doesn't have some areas that are deficient i think um the 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 big focus the last you know 18 months or so has been like why do why does our linebacking core underperform so much and some of it is like you know they spent a first round pick on Jamin Davis he has not really panned out some of that yeah. is a function of like well Micah Parsons also got drafted in that first round and he rules you know they couldn't have gotten Micah Parsons, and I he was the one who I wanted all along, and I was like, you trade up to get him because he kicks ass, and now he now they're gonna have to face him in the division twice a year for forever if the Cowboys are smart, and that's a big if. But Cole Holcomb, I think, has like shown flashes of being a guy who's just like kind of a I hate using phrases like this, but he's like kind of a lunch pail guy to me. Like he's yeah. not, he puts the work in, he's not he puts flashy. The work in. He's not flashy no. at all, but no. you're right. He's, he's a hard worker. Like he's punching above his fight and weight in terms of like the amount that he has been called upon to do. He's, he's never going to be an all pro. He's never going to be a pro bowler, but like they need him to play. They need him to play like 14 or 15 games in order for them to like be able to have a chance at a position that is notoriously difficult to play as it relates to injuries. And, and but as you look there, Davis is going to sit there and hopefully Davis makes that step. Sure. I'm really hoping he makes that step. But if anything that I've learned so far is that I hate hope. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Jack Del Rio last year specifically and the last two years overall, but last year specifically, he did not show the defense a lot of growth until the end of the year no. when it was too late. And at that point in time, we weren't really going against a bunch of people who really cared about what we did. No. So you have this Del Rio who just finally at the last three games was letting the defense kind of hit their stride, but it was too late. And if he doesn't learn from that for this year, you're right. He should be on the chopping block quick because if we don't play up to our potential, this season's going to go away real quick, and we're going to lose a bunch of players to free agency. We're going to do a, and pretty much this whole coaching staff's got to go. Yeah, and you know it's it's too early to start doing like actual season predicting stuff, but we do know that this, you know, like it's all on paper at this point. But like the schedule, it's not that challenging. All things considered, no. like they have. We're, you'll never, I'll, you'll never hear me say someone's a cupcake, especially not with this team because they don't ever make the cupcakes a cupcakes. They always make them a dogfight. Yeah, they play down to every team they can. They do. They'll, they, they will. 
They will play up on occasionally, but whether or not they are capable of competing up and like challenging for victories when they're fighting up, like that's another issue. But yeah, I, we don't I, get Tampa Bay wins every year. No, no, no. Yeah, like is it's it's been when you think back to like the notorious Heineke Heineke game, like that Tampa Bay team won a Super Bowl, and yeah. I don't want to say we had them on the ropes, but like they gave them a good fight in that in that playoff game right and now we're, well and then last year and then last year we went back and beat them right and then we they beat, them beat them at, at, yeah fedex field so we know that this team has talent it's just there's no consistency around the reason so right. and they always have played down to the lower opponents and then every once in a while they'll fight a good one and you're like that was great thanks for that one win right. so i don't know i think like the all of those things together sort of as we are on the eve of camp they also similarly are intriguing and they get me excited. Um, something else that, you know, it's built into our DNA here at hogshaven.com. Everyone knows it. They love it. They've loved it for a long time. They uh, they love the writers. They love the, the podcasters, hopefully. Um, the Mason Brennan. There, that, is always, Mason Brennan. that is always hope springs eternal. I mean, our part of our namesake here on the, the cult of cold. Um, I, I am always most intrigued with the fringe guys. I'm always most intrigued with the guys where it's like, Ooh, you know, like they coming into camp, maybe on the outside looking in, but can they make, can they make that final roster? And that is this their, is this their stepping stone to a career? Is this their opportunity? Is this their only opportunity? Yeah. I mean, we again, named our podcast, after one of the best training camp quarterbacks ever to play. Best ever do it. I totally agree. Best ever do it. Um, do you have any guys on your short list for um, for Mason Brennan candidates? Again, like uh, I know it's early, so uh, if the answer is no, that's totally fine. But I have two. I have two that I'm peeking at. Okay, I have two that I'm peeking at. Let me. I'm gonna give you one. Because if you have a second, I don't want to take them. I got all a away couple guys, but I, you know, just tell me, tell me what you're looking at here. So, so in the tradition of Mason Brennan, yeah. I want to find somebody who's I know is going to play a little bit that could throw down some flashes that make me very, very happy. So my first one out there is going to be quarterback Sam Howell. Yeah. This guy, I'm looking forward to this guy. I mean, I'm sitting here. And he has a, a great history, great time. And looking at it, I'm just like, I, I, I want to see what he can do. We picked him up in the draft, which is awesome. He's from North Carolina. I think we actually got good value for him in that draft. And everyone has always said that how good of a quarterback this guy can be and how be, don't be shocked if he becomes second string at some point in time the next year or two behind Wentz. But I'm just this is my my Colt Brennan right here. This guy with with the pizzazz, the the arm, the abilities, and I want to see him do well. But I just this is my my initial Colt Brennan guy. You know, it's funny because like Sam Howell to me almost feels like I mean he he almost feels like a lock to make the team. To like I okay. I think I am so high on on the prospects of Sam Howell. Like I think I feel about Sam Howell the way that 
seemingly a sizable majority of the fan base feels still about Taylor Heineke. Like, Sam Howell has a cannon for an arm. Cannon! Cannon for an arm. And you will, listen, you will never hear us talking about who got rated what in Madden on this podcast. I I promise you that. We're going to go in some weird direction. We're going to talk a lot, a, lot of, a lot of crazy stuff here. We're not going to talk about Madden ratings because, like, that's a load of nonsense. His, but I will say, like, his arm rating is apparently one of the best in the league because of how hard he uncorks that football. I am also very excited about Sam Howell. I don't know that I, I want to see what he can do. I, w- I would, I'm just super excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to make the team. I think, oh man, I, you know, like, it's going to be interesting. Like, do they practice squad him? Like, I don't know if they can even, because I think he'll get scooped up to go somewhere else but yeah i'm super with you on sam howell being a guy that i want to see perform and it is hard to win a mason brennan at the quarterback position i mean oh yeah no very much so but you're right i am i'm 100 percent with you in terms of like excitement for um for sam howell i had a couple guys that I sort of am looking at as as being um, potential, like on the fringe outside. Yeah, I like outside uh, looking. You're, in. you're really good at the fringe. Um, I I don't know that he even counts because it's so tough. But like, I'm feeling pretty um, feeling pretty excited about Percy Butler at free safety. Okay. Uh, you know, he he gets drafted out of LSU. I, I think, I think there are going to be some opportunities at safety to like make a name for yourself. You know, he still sits behind Bobby McLean at that free safety spot. And he sits behind Jeremy Reeves at the free safety spot, and then there are like three semi-established guys coming back at strong safety. So, like in terms of the defensive secondary, I think. Percy Butler certainly there. Uh, Josh uh, Josh Drayden, I think, also at corner. Like he okay. right now, yeah. to me, he's like the sixth corner. I mean, he went to Cal. Like had I, you know, gosh, I watched his highlight tape. He has a great nose for the football. He has really good sense. And it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, well, anyone can look good in a college highlight tape. But I I feel like yeah. there's some good opportunities there to be able to shore up the defensive secondary with guys who, like, are rookies or, like, late-round stuff where, like, maybe they end up being the guy who sneaks in to the final roster. What I loved about uh, Drayden is that I believe when he did his combine, he was quote-unquote slow. And everyone kept talking about how slow he was. And that's why he dropped in this draft. And he was like, he's slow, he's slow, he's slow. Every single piece of footage you have of him, he has this ability. His his lines are perfect. His sight is perfect. He's a guy that can make plays. So when it comes to the Mason Brennan Award, this is the one I'm looking I love this this pick of yours because I think it's my second one. Just, this guy who everyone in the draft was like, he's, he's okay. He's fine. He's slow. They're using – different things to decide who he is but you get him on film and you get him on the football field and he's an animal can i can i throw one more guy at you um of course and i am i am a sucker i'm a big fan 
<laughs> for you you are a sucker for yeah i am for uh repeat mason brennan nominees so guys oh. guys who have um been in the conversation before they made the team but are also still like very much fringy type guys yeah um jared patterson the local kid out of yep. Laurel, Maryland, St. Vincent Pilate. He played a, he played a Pilate. We used to play Pilate. Um, we used to get our ass kicked by Pilate, if I'm being completely honest. But, uh, <laughs> you know, at tailback, I think there was a lot of excitement last year for, again, another local guy. Like, can he make the team? And he did. He didn't really, like, establish himself last year. He's the type of guy who can, like, make a 53-man roster. But the question is, like, can he make a 53-man roster twice? There are a lot of guys in the league where it's like they are good enough to get a chance. But once they have had a full season, is it, well, we got the shiny new toy and the rookies or we got a free agent coming in, we feel really good. Like, we don't know what we've got there. Like, we're going to bring – we're going to – make a move just to see if something gets different or does he like make enough of an impact? Does he build from that year one to year two? I think I am excited to see if he can contribute and like make a name for himself. He's got an opportunity namely with Antonio Gibson not being at a hundred percent right now. With, I mean, you know, J.D. McKissick does come back. So that guy, he's locked up. Like, if they keep a third running back, it's like him or Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah. Most most smart teams have a third tailback. Is it Jarrett Patterson? Does he, does he make it happen? I am eager to see what happens there. See, Jarrett Patterson is a bowling ball. The guy's 5'8", almost 200 pounds. A bowling ball. He played in five games last year. 266 yards, two touchdowns. But the important part is, is his average was 3.9. So almost at that, that four yards you need. Here's a guy who could be a workhorse, could be a workhorse that you need. A guy who needs to eat up some snaps, not get injured and and get you those, you know, three and a half to four and a half yards. His longest run was, I think was 13 yards. So here's a guy who can just pile through a couple of these, these things. So I, as a third down, as a third string back right now, I love him. Sure. Again, he's a bowling ball that we don't already have. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like, does he make the team? You know, TBD. I think that that is a cool and fun and exciting thing to keep an eye out for. Um, those are all great Mason Brennan nominees. There is one name that I think you and I, but we we were exchanging some texts about this. Um, you know who's still here? I mean, you do, but like I'm asking, oh. I'm asking the listeners. Do you know who's still here? <sighs> still on this team. Still here. Somehow. Still. Argu- F- arguably F- still a Mason Brennan nominee after how many friggin' years? I mean, all the years. I, 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 I'm trying to find out how long he's been here. I, I, it, it's, it's mind-boggling to me how long he's been here. It's painful. Tro- it, it's painful. Troy Apke has been... Oh on this team and just like hanging around for so long. And I think it is, it's clear, right? Like we're not getting much more out of Troy Apke than, no. than we have gotten 
historically. Uh, he was drafted in 2018. So, like, we're coming up on, I guess this is year four of... This is year five. Year five of the Troy Apke experience. He's 27, right? Like, he's not a spring... I mean, he's younger than both of us, but, like, he's not a spring chicken. Yeah, but we're not professional football players. No, no, we're not. Um, <laughs> it is very funny to me. Like, he has basically just been a guy who has been like, well... In a pinch, we got Troy Apke, like, he plays special teams. Like, oh, he has to start a couple games, but, like, we'll work around it. And it's like, look, I don't I don't hate Troy Apke. Let me be very clear. But it is still very, it is perplexing to me that uh, he continues to be employed by the, the, the Washington Commanders franchise. Just like, did they forget to cut him? Like, you know, like, I don't really know. So I think uh, the, the the season high tackles last year was around 100 to 120. So one player on the team had 100 to 120 tackles through the whole 2021 season. Yeah. Guess how many total tackles Troy Apke has? I mean, last year, it couldn't have been more than. The total, total. Since he got here for five oh, years. Since he got here for... Guess how many total? I don't know. We'll say like 80? I'm not looking. 68. 68. I'm staring at it. He's played 50 games. <laughs> so he's making like 1.2 tackles per game. And in five years, as in the secondary, guess how many interceptions he has. Remember, oh, some I point mean, in time like, he started. I, I, it can't have been... I mean, I know it's not very many. Like, is it? Does he get one a year? Maybe less. Does he get four a year? Or four total? One interception. One. One. Maybe in five years. Maybe he's like. Maybe he's really good at. I don't know. Maybe he he makes a really good um, mixtape for the pregame, like in the in the (laughs) locker room. Maybe he's got those intangibles that we just don't see out there on the on the field. There's got maybe he has um, incriminating blackmail. Like, like I, I don't know. Look, I because the position he plays is like fairly thin. I actually think he's probably making the team again, which to me puts him in the rarefied air of uh, another legend uh reed dowdy who's just another guy where like, oh they kind of forgot to let him go for like an extremely long time i didn't think there would ever be another reed dowdy but i think troy apke i think we gotta i think we gotta make a reed dowdy award i i think we do i mean you look at this here are now i'm going to be jump right in two white yeah, <laughs> secondary right. guys yeah. who just stuck on this team for entirely too long i think it's almost like an office space moment yeah. Where they stop getting paid, but he's still showing, and up they to just work. keep coming yeah. to work. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, "Well, he's not counting against the cap. He just sits in the back of the room. And he does doodles." That's right. Yeah. So we, we definitely need to start a, a Reed Dowdy Award when we start having these guys. We're like, "Why are you here? He takes, Why are you still on this team?" Maybe he takes like notes during the meetings. Like maybe he's I don't know. Like we we and both xeroxes like, them yeah, out and hands them out when people leave. We both work like corporate jobs. Like there are people who just like their whole thing is like, "Oh yeah, I'll take the notes." And, like, that's their thing. It's like, well, we can't fire him because, like, he takes the notes, and no one else wants to take notes. 
No, no. Get just he's making minimum wage. She's doing just enough to be here. Fine. Oh, he, Troy Apke. I mean, and again, like I don't have the I don't have it up in front of me. But he may be like just about the longest tenured player on this team. It's gonna be. Oh, oh it, hold on. Let me. I'm. I, I, I'm just looking at the the. It's, who else could be longer? Let me just look at this real quick. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, like who's been around. Like Wes Schweitzer's been in the league for seven years, but I don't think he's been around that long. I mean, I don't. I, Jonathan Allen maybe because they did they did push him. They did add him. That's all I can say. I'm looking at going. That may be it, or Tressway. Tressway, the goat. We love him. Yeah, we love the goat. Fucking love Tressway. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe Jonathan Allen was drafted yeah. a year before Trapkis. Um, neither here nor there. Just like so, th- what do you think about that? Allen is one of the main people on this team. He is the captain. You throw him on your back one more year than Trapkis, yeah. who barely makes the bus. Yeah, he uh, maybe he maybe he pumps. He knows how to pump gas. And no one knows. No one else. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe he's. Doing something to Dan that we're not yeah, aware Troy of. Yeah, Troy Apke, I think, um, is the inaugural winner of the Roy, the Reed Dowdy Award for <laughs> for white guy who has been here for too long. <laughs> Entirely too long. Yeah. Oh, the, the NFL has a quota, apparently, yeah. uh, of non-quarterback white guys. This is horrible. Okay, well, I think um, that's all well and good. Lots to look forward to. We will start to pick things back up. Um, on the training camp side of things here. Um, In the meantime, should we take a little break? Let's take a small little moment. Lots, Lots to talk about in terms of the 2022 Washington Commanders. Um, We, we, we collectively as a podcast and we as a fan base and a franchise do, one of the things I think we do best is look backwards. And for better or for worse, we are a backwards-looking. We love to celebrate our heritage. It is very important to us. We know this to be true. Um, And the team has given us an opportunity to do this, this offseason. I guess it has been 10 years since the 80 greatest list came out. I Truly... Am I losing my mind? Is that that couldn't have been when they wore the cool arrow helmets, right? Was that seventy? Is that twenty years ago? I thought that was seventy-five. Man, we're getting old. Because they also they also milked the crap out of this. They did a seventy, a seventy-five, and eighty. Really was looking forward to the eighty-fifth one, but now they're pushing ninety. Yeah. So yeah. So you know we've got our our eighty greatest and um, have been given the gift of additional nominees for 10 other folks who can be in the greatest 90. This is the this is the shit that maybe we don't live for it but certainly like Grant and Danny live for this, right? Like they got to talk they oh, got to yeah. talk for I don't know 10 hours a week and we'll conservatively say that 8 hours of it has to do with the Washington football team, sorry, Commanders at any given point in the year. They live for this. Like we're taking callers. Like we're going to do 40 minutes. Oh, give me the name of somebody you think should have been on this list. And you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm no better than I those know. callers. Yeah, we're, we're literally going to do this right now. 
Um, oh, 100%. But because when I saw this list, I mostly can jive with the folks that they put on there. And we'll run through them. Well, well, let, let me go through them real yeah, quick. We'll, so, let's fire, I, so we got to pick 10. 10. 10 total. So I'm just I'm going to go through their names first. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to leave the two off that were added later. Right. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Number one, running back Alfred Morris. Mm-hmm. Number two, running back Stephen Davis. Number three, quarterback Kirk Cousins. Again, this is for you get to pick 10. Uh, next one is London Fletcher, a linebacker. Fullback, my favorite ever, Mike Sellers. I'm voting for him every time. Cornerback, D'Angelo Hall. Cornerback, Champ Bailey. Wide receiver, Santana Moss. Tight end, Chris Cooley. Kicker, Chip Miller. Shock, he's not in there yet, actually. Yeah. Defensive end, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, cornerback, Joe Lavender from the 70s, early 80s. Uh, Laverne Torgerson. He's a player coach. Larry Picatello, defense, uh, co-defensive coordinator, and Daryl Grant, defensive tackle. Those are the original ones that are put up to us to decide between those people who were going to be the top 10 yeah. to be added to the 90s. Yeah, so, I mean... Then all hell broke loose. Yeah, then all hell... I mean, then, then Twitter spoke. Um, and for better or for worse, this is a team that, I guess, pays attention to some amount of... What was the thing... Oh, I remember. Earlier in the offseason... God, it's been a long off season. It's been a long Remember off season. Remember the crest ker- kerfuffle? Oh yeah, with the, with yeah. The, well, they, they put the wrong. They fixed yeah, it. They fixed it. Um, yeah. So Twitter spoke, and then they added two more. Right. The first one they added was another quarterback, Robert Griffin the third, and then somebody shockingly who wasn't on there to begin with was tackle Trent Williams. So those are your Kutraman of people that is available to say, pick these 10 to now be part of our out of 17 to be our, our heritage. You know, it's a fun little thing to do. Um, And it's tricky. I think for us, you know, like we, have a deep appreciation for the history of this team. Um, the majority, yeah, the vast majority of names on this list are folks that we both saw play or coach. Both The majority of the folks on this list are, like, pretty contemporary. Like, they're pretty modern. Um, so for me... I. I could pick 10 pretty easy with the caveat of just like some of the stuff that happened before I was born ends up being a little bit hard to factor in other than like what I know. Um, Do you have your 10? Do you want me to give you my 10? Yeah, start with your 10 and I'll let you know if I have any, once you get to your 10, I'll let you know if any subtractions and additions I would make. Okay. I... And yeah, give me a give me agree or disagree. And if you disagree, like okay. go off. Um, and if you have any strong feelings, let me know. 
<laughs> um, I'm for sure putting Ryan Kerrigan on this list. 100%. I mean, it's that's like kind of a no-brainer to me. He's He was like a franchise player. He was incredibly important. He was very good at... He was good at his job. Like, he was a good... He was a great defensive end. And, and should be on the ring. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the The... <laughs> That feels pretty obvious to me. The gimme putt here is is Chip Lomire. Like again, I'm with you. I don't know why he was not on the list to begin with. Um, yeah, for sure. Low Miller, Low Miller was 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 a kicking. We had Mark Mosley. Then we had Chip Low Miller. Those are our kickers for like 20 right. years. He should be in there. And it, you know, some amount of that. And again, like I was a very small child at the tail end of his career, but. Knowing how how challenging it has been to find success for basically my entire life at the kicking position, I have a deeper appreciation for what he was able to accomplish in his time here. That, like, even if I never saw it in person, like knowing what he did, it's 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 obvious he's one of the ninety best players it, on the team. His only problem ever was that he was right after Mark Mosley, who was the leading scorer of the NFL and was the greatest ever. So he was number two. So he didn't get nearly enough credit as he should. He should never have gotten this far without being his name on there. So 100% should be on there. Um, another fairly obvious one for me and a guy that like legitimately should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is London Fletcher. Yes. I just like not a lot. I think like one of the deepest like – on most underrated players in the history of of the modern era of the game, I mean a D three guy. So obviously he's got my heart in terms of like being you know D three Y D three D three rules. Um, London Fletcher he goes in there, love London. So we've got Kerrigan, we got Lomire, we got London Fletcher. That's three. Low Miller. Low Miller. Uh, I, I know it because I was, right. I grew up yeah. with him. And, yeah, and I was a little a little baby boy when he retired. <laughs> Um, this may, who knows? We end up agreeing more than we disagree, but I have to put Kirk Cousins on this list. He statistically is one of, if not the best quarterbacks in franchise history. And like, look, we don't need to talk about like, was he a winner like, it's very funny because all the things that are going on in Minnesota right now are the things that were going on here. Like, it's not surprising to me. It's like, well, he's yeah. like a weirdo who, like, can't win against teams that are better than him. But, like, in terms of what he produced at quarterback, I am picking Kirk Cousins because he just, like, look, am I, I don't think they should have paid him. I think he left when he should have left. I don't think they should have paid him what he ended up making. But in terms of this list of folks... And in terms of when you look at where he stands on franchise history all time, he's up there and it he makes a really compelling case for why he should be there. So he had three good seasons with Washington. He jumped in 2014 for RG3, did did 10 interceptions, uh, nine interceptions, 10 touchdowns. Okay, fine. Then 2015, 2016, 2017, he played. He balled. He had three good seasons. Um, and then he went to Minnesota. Does three seasons of balling out, maybe getting us to the playoffs once, really count as being one of the greatest of this team 
ever. He is the fourth highest passer in terms of yards in franchise history. And he did it in 62 games. He has more yards than Mark Rippon. He has more yards than Billy Kilmer. He And, like, you know, the list starts to drop off there. But, like, guys that people really like. He's got way more yards. He's got three times as many yards as Doug Williams ever threw. Man, that's that's hard to fight on that one. Uh, but it just he just pisses you off that he left. Yeah, it sure. It pisses you off Listen, that he left. I'm not, I but don't he didn't leave him. because we wanted him to leave. I don't miss yeah. him. I don't miss him. But no. like in terms of the options presented, I I gotta put him. I gotta put him there. Of these seventeen, of these, I got that's, you. That's, that's okay, I, I may come back and and rebuttal that. That's I'm fine. Just, I gotta think about my 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 ten. Um, we'll go we'll go back easy. Again, another guy who played before I was really like alive but daryl grant like for sure should be on this list like he yes. he rules yeah like, he always ruled his tape rule like he was just super good like he is a good player hundo p like done done and dusted like i'm putting him there um it starts to get like a little bit dicier here for me um I guess I go D'Angelo Hall. He was just around for like a really long time, and he like did some D Hall, he did yeah. some really cool and fun stuff. Like it's you know like that's a, that's a feel good pick for me. How many am I up to? Are you are you writing it down? You're at six. One, two, three, four, five, six. You're at six. So I have four more. Um, I I think I think Mike Sellers should be on this list. Gotta love Mike Sellers. I love Mike Sellers. Absolutely. Is he in the Ring of Honor? No. He should be, right? He should be. He he I, rules. I'll, I'll wait until you're done, and I'll go through some Mike Sellers stories. But but I'll, I'll just yeah, continue. I put Mike Sellers. I got three more. Um, I will say I put Champ Bailey there. And it's tricky because, like, his best years were not in Washington. But he... Nope. Man, what a... Look, I'm not going to take anything away from Clinton Portis because, like, he also ruled and, like, is still one of the best players in franchise history. Hands down, we can't argue about it. But, like, man, it would have been so cool to have had Champ Bailey for his entire career. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. And Hall of Famer, no doubt. And then you're sitting there looking at it going... We give up a really good player, a Hall of Fame player, for another really good player. I'm gonna I'm picking Joe Lavender again, well before my time. But like he is a guy that like I know to have been a great player. He won a Super Bowl. He was a two time Pro Bowler. You know, like came over from Philadelphia as part of like a pretty sizable trade for um, where he fills in for Mike Bass. Like he he's cool. Uh, you know, he had thirty three picks in basically like hundred and forty games. Like I have always again, like never having seen him play, have always sort of been like, that's a guy that should be considered among the franchise greats. And then, you know, there's that last spot for me, like there are a number of, of names here that it's like, Well, I really like Steven Davis. I love the fact that he like yeah beat the shit out of Michael Westbrook with his helmet that one time in training camp. Like that was a cool <laughs> thing to have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's really hard to say Santana Moss doesn't 
isn't worthy of being on this list for me. Like he was here for such a long time. He was like a very important player. Chris Cooley, one of my favorite players growing up, like one of the only jerseys that I own. I think if um if they hadn't had the additions, I'm probably taking Cooley because he for me as like a as like a like a stocky white kid in two thousand four <laughs> was like, Yeah, I could do that. But I very strongly believe that Trent Williams is Trent Williams may be the best player to have suited up in Burgundy and Gold in my entire lifetime. And so the idea that like they screwed that up so badly that like he'll 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 never he'll never be in the Ring of Honor because he won't show up. Like he'll never come back. No. No, he's he, he's no unless ownership changes, he's never he's not even going to talk about yeah, this team. Yeah, he hates this team and it's like that yeah. really sucks because he was so good and like is gonna be a Hall of Famer one day and like it's not gonna he, he may not mention his time here in that speech because he left on such a sour note and it's such a bummer that that happened. But I mean, he is one of the well, he's one of the if not one of the best at that position on this team and this franchise of all time. No, absolutely. And, and Williams himself, it's going to be like when Michael Jordan gave his speech. About, I feel exactly uh, the same Hall of way. Fame. He, like, he, he never discusses the nope, Wizards. Nope. I watched the last dance. I was like, oh, I want to see what he what he talks about with the Wizards. Like, oh, they have well, And then it ended. And it's like, well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you had a couple more seasons. Nope. Don't want to talk about that. That's how exactly. Williams going to be like, I'm a great 49er. I love the 49ers. 49ers are the favorite. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about the team ever All again. Right. So give me give me who yeah. you dis, give me who you'd put on and who would that I didn't put on and who would you swap out? Okay, so I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the the top row of Morris, Griffin, Davis, Williams and Cousins. Okay, Williams is 100% in. Cool. Then uh Fletcher, Sellers, Hall, Champ Bailey, Santana Moss. Okay. Um I, I'm iffy on D Hall. Even though he was here forever, um, but I'm definitely putting in. So it gives me Fletcher, Sellers, Moss are definitely going in. So I'm gonna leave out Hall and Bailey for right this second. How, how many? How many did that give me? Oh gosh, I had to. I had to do math. I didn't realize that that was part of the assignment. Sorry, I, I wrote it down for you on that one. No, I'm. I'm. I'm not pulling my weight here. I'm, I recognize. That. <laughs> and then um, Low Miller and Kerrigan have to go in. Absolutely. And Lavender and Grant have to go in. Okay, so you're you're, Where you're swapping at? out Santana. We're basically with this. Uh, so you're swapping. You you're not taking D Hall, but you are taking Santana. That's okay. right. So that's like the the yeah. difference thus far. Yeah. Lomar, yeah. Kerrigan, Lomar, Fletcher, Moss. Yeah. You take Sellers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sellers is a hundred. Now people are gonna get mad. Like, why? Why would you pick Sellers over Cooley? Three more. I got three more left. Okay. Now I'm looking at the three that are left. Okay. Um. Really? Yeah. I did not put Cousins in. Okay. Then I'm throwing in Cooley, D Hall, and ah man. Did you say Trent? I did say Trent. Hundred percent Trent. Man, then I have to go Cousins. Then I have to throw Cousins okay. in there. I hate yeah. to do it, but I have to throw Cousins. He may in there. be number ninety on the list, but you can't deny um, 
Yeah, he's put the numbers up. Now, so my thing is everyone's going to be upset because I said that we both agree on Sellers. Mike Sellers was from Walla Walla Community Walla College. Coco, that's right. He fought his way through the CFL into training camp for the Washington Redskins, end up making the team that no one need, thought he, he should be on as a fullback, a position that was dying. He did special teams. He did fullback. He did wide receiver. He did anything you wanted he to. He carried the football. He broke his leg. He literally did anything you wanted him to do. He broke his leg one time, ran back onto the field, refused to be taken out, so he could murder the guy who did it in the, on the field, and then came off and was like, I got to go, guys. Broke my leg. Like, this guy was a man-child. So if you're sitting there saying, why Mike Sellers? And there's... Hundreds of stories about this guy like that. Nicest guy in the world. I'm going to be beside Mike Sellers the entire time. So, in that being said, I do have a problem with this list. Okay. There are some people that should be on this list that aren't. I also have. I mean, they got. I mean, they missed Trent the first time around. Missed Trent. I don't know. So I don't understand why you put RG three in. RG three had one quality year here then kind of completely faded away i can away. understand why they did it i don't agree but i understand given that he had like the single most individual exciting season in maybe franchise history you you give him the consideration i know that this is not a you know 90 best seasons award Neither of us put him there, so like I'm not gonna I'm not no, gonna no, I, I, I'm not gonna fight too hard on you on this, but like I get it, like that one year absolutely ruled. Hell of a year. 2012 was a hell of a year, but then you look at what happens after yeah, yeah. this. He just everything just falls apart again. He had statistically three more yards thrown in 2013, but it was a horrible year. 2014. It just completely, he threw half as many yards, falls away, disappears, he's gone. So he had one phenomenal year, a second okay year, and then never again. And you're going to tell me in 90 years he's one of the best people we need to put up on this and give him an honor? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I don't think he's deserving. I understand why they did it. It's like good fodder for conversation. But... I I also agree with you that um they they missed at least one if not two more recent names of guys who probably ought to be on this list. Do you have anyone that you feel should have been there? So look at this list. There is one, two, Three, possibly three people who are still playing this game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if Kerrigan's still. Yeah, I think he retired. Uh, right, out. He, did he? Re- I know he went to Philadelphia. I don't know that he is like. Yeah, I don't know if he retired. So I'm, I, I'm not sure. So you still have on this list Williams, Cousins, and possibly Kerrigan who are still playing the game. This is important because if you look at that, who has been one of the most talked about, one of the most honored. Washington commanders over the last couple of years. Now, if you sit there and you're like, who is this 
anomaly that, that has been honored that we all uh, – who are we talking about? And the answer is really simple. Where there's a will, there's Tressway. The goat. You're telling me this guy who has been with this team since 2014 has been one of the best punters in the league the whole time, also one of the coolest dudes ever. You're not going to honor him with this option, saying, hey, you've been here since 2014 doing punts. Punters don't last this long in this league for one, one team, and you don't last this long at all. And also at the top of your game, net, net, his nets are obscene. His stats are obscene. And you're not going to throw him up there and say, you're not one of the best ones out here. That is criminal. I think he's. I think he was one of the, uh, uh, him and one other person. Maybe been the only people that were even slightly honored with either a first or second team All Pro in the last decade. Yeah. No, and for sure. I mean, it's unquestionable. When they do this thing ten years from now, he will be on the list. No question. Should he be here now? Like, yeah, probably. I think I agree with you on that. Yeah, I could see it being a little bit weird because every single guy, even the ones. I mean, the ones who are still playing with, you know, Kirk, Kerrigan, and uh, Trent Williams, they're not on the team anymore. So I think it's a little yeah. bit hard. I can understand why they didn't put him on there because he's, like, still suiting up. You know. But it makes the travel so much easier. It really does, for sure. I, I'm with you. I think um, I think Tressway just like absolutely rules. I mean, you don't want you don't you're never like feeling so great when you're pun- when you're like talking really nice things about your punter. But like he, he's got a job to do and he does it. And he does it extremely well. And he's great yeah. at it. Uh do you see anybody who's missing from this I list? I do, and my name is also a guy who has who's still active. Um Man, I, we and we gotta have this conversation another time about like players who have left, but like not left unceremoniously. Um, yeah. Brandon Sheriff for me is worthy of consideration on this list. I mean, I know like it ended up they weren't able to keep him, and you know some of it is just like there like is some. I don't know if it's animosity. There's certainly animosity between Trent Williams and the team. Like, he actively does not like this franchise, which is, like, again, a real bummer. But, yeah, Brandon Sheriff, he, he, again, a lunch pail guy. Like, came up, showed up every day, and, like, gave you absolutely everything he had. And, like, it wasn't so sexy. And he didn't play a terribly sexy position. You know, he... He was playing down in the trenches, but like when you think about what does it mean to have been a member of this team, like what do we value? It's the hogs. It's the guys. Absolutely, it's the guys who don't do the sexy stuff, but they do. They they make it so that those guys can shine. And for the majority of the time that Brandon Sheriff was here, he was playing. You know, with some exceptions, unlike some pretty. Poor. I'm not going to say threadbare, but like not. He was the best guy they had and was like carrying a unit that was so critical to whatever amount of success the team saw. 
And he just like absolutely was the type of guy that you need to have in order to be successful. And like he day in and day out worked so hard. And I think, again, probably another really great candidate for when they come back with this five or 10 years from now, like to be able to make this list. Uh, but I for sure feel like Brendan Sheriff should be here as well. He's a five-time Pro Bowler as a member of the Washington, whatever you want right. to call it, Redskins football team and uh, Commanders. Who's he's actually was never a Commander. Side note, um, and he was the only, I believe, in the last couple of years, maybe maybe even longer, all team Pro 2020 yeah. for for Washington. I think it's I think it's well over a yeah, decade. Yeah, since the nineties. It was uh it was yeah. wasn't it Matt Turk? I think it was. A lot punter. But you really think about that. So he was the only all pro for this team in almost two decades, yeah. and his name isn't up there. That is a massive hole that needs to get yeah. filled. And but you have but if you look at it again, you're like, but you have RG three there. What? I mean, I, I love Alfred Morris, but he's no Brandon Sheriff. Certainly not. I mean, c- come on. How many All-Pros did Chris Cooley get? I mean, on this entire list, I can't speak for the guys before Matt Turk, but there are no All-Pros on this list. No All-Pros. How many Hall of Famers are on this list? I mean, guy uh, one. Two? Chant. I don't know if let's Chip, Chip Lowmiller may be on the Hall of Fame. Champ I'm not Bailey sure what you're thinking that. Is. Is. So, and Chip Lowmiller may be. So, I don't know. I mean, look, I think they made the right decision by including Trent Williams, but, you 100%. know, it's, it's cool when you get the opportunity to kind of, like, appreciate the guys that you've had and sort of say, like, where do they fit in the the pantheon of, of this team's history? Which, look... We're not going to deny that there have been a lot of twists and turns this offseason. It is kind of just what it is, but I I appreciate the exercise. I mean, it's a fun little opportunity to look back at sort of, especially in this case, a lot of like semi-recent, um, semi-recent guys who have given us a lot of joy. And, um, you know, I think it's a nice thing to look back as we look forward heading into training camp I mean, Gummy, we covered a lot of ground tonight. You got any any sort of final thoughts as we as we wrap up? I want to bring hope back yeah. up. You know what? Even though it scares the living out of me, I'm hopeful for this season. I'm hopeful for this training camp. I'm hopeful to see football, but I'm so damn happy it's here. Um, there will always going to be the stuff outside of this team that goes on. We have one of the worst owners ever, but for just moments. Let's enjoy some stuff that's on the field just for moments. Don't forget about the bad stuff. It's still there. It's still happening. But let's take a moment and truly enjoy why we are fanatics of these team of this team because of what happens on the field. So I'm prepared to watch and hear some great moments of football over the next couple of weeks into the next couple of months. Brian, what about you? Look, I'm more than anything else, more than anything else. I'm excited to continue to do this here with you, Gumby, on the Cult to Cult podcast, which is produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby, my co-host and director of social media, that's Gumby. 
still here, still with us. You can follow the Cult of Cult on Twitter at the Cult of Cult. That's all one word. We're also available on Untapped. I'm about to hit my 2,000th unique beer on Untapped. That'll be a real ceremonious uh, endeavor. I'm at Beastabby. He's at Decumber Jr. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify by searching Hogshaven, a Washington football team podcast. And we ask that if you like what you've heard, that you do three simple things, that you subscribe, you rate us five stars, and you encourage just one friend, just one guy or gal to check us out. It makes a huge impact on our ability to reach new listeners. We know that your listening time is valuable, and we appreciate you taking that time to spend it here with us on The Cult of Colts.